Thanks so much, Jess and team. That was awesome worship tonight. Do you guys agree with that? It was a great night in worship. It's, um, it's amazing how much, you know, you can sit there and just worship God and all of your problems just fade away. Amen. So I was actually a little bit nervous and that actually happened for me right then too. Like I was really nervous about tonight, but um, in worship, God just sort of lifted that off, which is really, really cool. So um, it's my task tonight to bring a message from James 3. And I'm really excited about what God has to share tonight because I actually really love this book because James is a book and an author, really, who he doesn't beat around the bush. He just tells it like it is. He's just like, you know, um, we've heard the last two messages the last two weeks, you know, we want true religion where, where we're supposed to be living, you know, out our lives like the way we say that we're living. And, you know, it's, it's incredible, like James just continues punching and, and chapter three is incredible. So it's, it's challenged me and tonight's message is actually challenging me as I preach. So please, if this message is challenging to you tonight... Don't take it as like I'm punching you, take it as the Holy Spirit because he's punching me too, okay? So it's from the book of James. So are you ready to be challenged? Awesome. That's great. So I am, what I'm going to do is basically walk through the whole chapter of, of chapter three and sort of, you know, preach little bits about that whole thing. So it might seem like a bit of a rapid fire message, but uh, like strap yourselves in and it's going to be a great night. Are we ready? If you're online, type in the chat and say, I'm ready. All right. So James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation. It should be up. Yep. Awesome. So, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Is anyone else like me that like just runs their mouth like anything? Um, yeah, there's a few people here tonight that just completely say dumb stuff all the, all the time. You know, <laughs> Graham's got two hands up in the air. So we're, we're, I'm in good company tonight, which is really, really great. So that's exactly what this scripture is saying is that, you know, how, how often do we as Christians, how often do we as people of God actually covet the spotlight, covet this spot where I'm standing right now, where I'm sweating my, you know, paws out, <laughs> Um, how often do we do that where we're, we're sort of sitting in church and we're like, oh, I wish I could sing like Jess. Oh, I wish I could play drums like Jack. Oh, I wish I could play keys like Elsie or sing like Darcy or preach like Graham. You know, how often do we sit there and we're actually looking at the stage and we're like, I want to be like that. And that's okay because that was me. You know, I grew up in a, in a Christian home and I grew up going to church every week. And so I've actually always wanted to do something significant for God. And it's a little bit of our generation. There's a few people here tonight that are millennials like me. And part of our generation is that we actually crave significance. We actually really, really want to be significant in whatever way that looks like. So it doesn't matter, you know, what that space is, but, you know, we have this whole world that's changed around us as we've grown up. You know, we have these people that are called influencers that are on Instagram and they're just living, they're making a living by just saying stuff online or YouTube or whatever it is. These people that are really influential 
And, and we also find ourselves, no matter what era you've grown up in, looking at celebrities and looking at people that have fame and being like, I want that. I, I want to I do something awesome. And, and maybe you're not like me. Maybe you haven't craved that. Maybe you're someone who has wanted to sit in the background and, you know, do, do things differently, but you've always wanted to have something significant in your life. And that's what this scripture is sort of saying tonight, is that our wishes are the things that we want to do, the things that we want to see happen in our world. God wants to, to put his blessing hand on them. We want to give them to God. Because it's, you know, it's a human thing to actually crave to, to make a difference, to be significant. And the Bible actually says in Matthew 6:33, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." And in Psalm 37 verse four, it says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Both of these scriptures are saying that, you know, you can have these desires, you can have these incredible, um, amazing dreams and visions that may be from God, that may just be your own, but take it to God in prayer. You know, I was listening to a sermon this week um, at our Young Adults Connect group, and he was talking about that, you know, we have this ability in us to imagine what our life could be like. And God made us that way because he's a God that imagined us. And yet we find ourselves just living in that imagination place. But what he was saying is that we need to take that and temper it with prayer. We need to take that imagination, that dream, that vision that God has given you and place it in the, the place where you meet with God. Amen? And, and that's such an incredible thing to do. And this, this is a, probably a lifelong scripture for me. You know, I was growing up, I was single. I wanted to, the biggest dream of my life was to get married and have kids and now it's happening, which is exciting. But I know what it's like to sit in the, the seats of church and be like, I, I just want to have a family. I just want to be significant. But God always kept pointing me back to this scripture of saying, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things that you desire will be added to you. And what I love is that sometimes we come to God with our desires. We come to him with these visions and dreams that we have. And, and God sometimes is like, I see you got that thing there. Oh, there goes my notes. That's cool. I see you got that thing there and he blesses it. He puts his hand and he's like, I'm blessing that. That's awesome. Go run with that. But sometimes you come to God and your vision or your dream is a little bit skewed. And you come to God in prayer and he's like, okay, that's awesome, but why don't we just shift it a little bit? Why don't we change it a little bit? And you, you come in to the prayer room or time wanting, you know, I don't know, a sports car. And then you come out wanting a Volvo Mazda 3x3 or something because that's what God's desire is for you, you know? And that's so often that, that happens in our world. So God loves your desires, but he wants you to seek him first. God loves that you want to be significant and do this or do that, but he wants you, that was a good catch, to delight 
in prayer and delight in Him. So let's bring our wishes to God in prayer so that He can bless them or shift them to be what they needed. So that's my first point. Thank you. That might help. Um, my first point is verse 1 and 2, and that's I want to encourage you guys tonight from the book of James to do four W's. The first is bring our wishes to God. And the second is bring our words to God. So in verse 3 to 6 of James, it says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set in fire by hell itself. Your words are so powerful. Your words are so powerful. Have you ever thought about the words that you speak and what they actually do in your world? You know, the Bible, in the next verse, if you want to throw that up, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death. There's some powerful words right there because, you know, you, you can essentially kill or you can raise to life. With, with your words. And we need to be really, really careful of what we say because it will change everything. Because your tongue has the potential to be your greatest ally or your greatest enemy. How can something so small create such de- devastation or delight? How can something so small create destruction and awesomeness at the same time? It's because it has, has always had that potential. So I've got a little ping pong ball here. Um, and if anyone's seen the Marky Berry Gray show, we might actually know what I'm about to do. But what you don't know about this ping pong ball is it's coated in a chemical, and I won't say what the chemical is because it's too long to name, but it's coated in a little chemical that helps it like scoot along the um, table so it like goes faster. But what that chemical is, is it's actually highly, highly flammable. And something so small, like a little ping pong ball, actually has the potential for something crazy. So, so what I'm about to do, don't try this at home, but I might just move this quickly. Um, so the ping pong ball, it has always had the potential to do this, but all it needs is a little spark. And so if I just do this, it's probably going to, nope, I usually use a, long, a bigger one for this, hopefully I don't burn myself. So it's able to burn away a plastic that doesn't normally burn so quickly. It's able to do that because of that little chemical. And as you can see, it burns away to nothing. It's, that's the potential that our tongue has. 
it's, it's that tiny little spark that can set a whole forest on fire. You know, me and Cassie, um, we had a season where Cassie had just finished her um, studies to be a chaplain. And we believed that that was what God had said for her to do. We believed that that was what, she want, uh, what God wanted for our life. And so she stepped out and she did the study and then we finished it. And then we got to the point of being finished and we were talking with Adam, my boss, who's in charge of appointing all the chaplains. And we were like, so he, he was sort of really keen to put her in a school. Um, and he kept, like, it wasn't actually able to be applied for online because they kept being like, internet issues and we were changing over from being Queensland to Australia in SU and we were just in this moment where we were just like what's going on God like you you told us to do you told Cassie to do this um, and we've stepped out and done this and then we feel like we're in that waiting space we feel like we're just sitting there waiting and then I sort of felt in that space I was like you know we we know what it how powerful our words are and I was like, why don't we start calling out the things that, that we're believing that God has said that it's going to happen? And so we started going, in the name of Jesus, we call out a chaplaincy job. We call out that application to go up for whatever school you want Cassie to be a part of. And we called it out. And that very next week, the application was up. And so then Cassie applied, she put it in. It took her all of about an hour from when it was up, <laughs> when we put it up. And, and, and then we messaged Adam and we're like, hey, it's up, it's ready to go. And he's like, cool, no worries, I'll get onto that soon. And then probably about two weeks later, we were like, what's happening? Like, Adam, you said you'd sort it. You said you'd get something happening. And, and again, I was just like, well, you know what? We, we called it out before. So obviously it's God's will for us. So let's, why don't we just keep doing this? And so again, we're like, in the name of Jesus, we call out a chaplaincy job for Cassie. And it happened. That very next day, Adam called her and was like, hey, so I've got an interview set up at St. Helens. I want you to be there. She went there, had the interview. And again, we didn't hear anything. We were in this space of waiting again and again. And yet every time, God was like, just call it out. Just use your words. Use the power of that words to to call out this thing and so again we're like well every time we drove past St Helens every time we heard the name St Helens or thought about it we we're like in the name of Jesus we call out a chaplaincy job here if it's your will God make it happen and then that next week she got the phone call to say yep you're in you got to go into the school and that was awesome and through this period as well this was all happening in with about a month we had one, one last thing that we had to call out. And this time, I, was, I, I didn't say I had to do it. I was like, Cassie, this one's on you. You've got to call this one out. And that was actually um, to have a baby. And we were like, we wanted a baby. And so we just were like, God, let's call this thing out. And so we called it out. And then that very next week, we found out we were pregnant. And that's sometimes the way with God is that, obviously, we were six or five weeks pregnant at that point. But... God had already set it up four or five weeks earlier and that at the moment that we call it out, he's like, yep, it's here. 
You know, God's already working in the space that you're trying to, to find God in. You're trying to, uh, you want a job? Call it out. If you want it, you want, um, I don't know, a car or whatever, call it out. And, and I don't mean to be a prosperity gospel kind of person because, like I said before, you've got to temper it with prayer. You've got to take that desire, whatever it is, and whatever the thing that you're wanting, you've got to, again, put it in that place and take it to God and say, God, if this is your will, you, you've got to make it happen because it's all on you. It's not about me anymore. It's about you. You know, sometimes the thing that's standing in the way of what you want is actually the way you speak because your words have power. There's life and death in your tongue. So, and you might find yourself that you want something so, so bad and you want it with everything you have, but every time you think about it, you're like, I don't know if it's going to happen. It can't happen. But, you know, in that scripture, it says, I think it's verse four, and it says, a small rudder makes a huge sip turn where the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, Who's your pilot tonight? Who, who are you letting pilot your words? Who are you letting pilot your words? Is it God? Or is it just your own thoughts and feelings about this thing that you may have been disappointed about so many times? You might have prayed about it and it didn't happen. You might have asked, you know, doctors or you might have done something else to make it happen and it didn't. But if you keep going to God in prayer those things will happen. Amen? Who are you letting pilot your tongue? So remember, in your tongue, you have the power of life and death. So use it wisely and bring your words to God and let him change them. Bring your wishes to God and let him change them. And thirdly, bring your wellspring to God and let him change it. James chapter 3, verses 7 to 12. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Now, this is at the point in this scripture that I'm just like, come on, James. Like, you just encouraged us, and now you're just hitting us with a hammer to say, who can even tame the tongue? What's the point? So if you can't tame the tongue, even though God can, what can you do? In Matthew 12, verse 34, it says, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Guard your heart, and this is Proverbs 4, yeah, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the wellspring of life. 
So bring your wellspring to God. That's your heart, right? You have this heart that's a wellspring that influences your whole life. And your heart attitude can influence the way you talk. Because if something is in your heart, it's going to come out your mouth. And so your mouth is actually a meter for your heart. It's actually a check and balance to know, oh, yeah, my heart's in the right place. Or maybe the opposite. Oh, I'm speaking all this weird stuff. I'm speaking all these bad things. Maybe something's in my heart. And so I need to go to God and be like, hey, God, what's going on? I'm talking all this rubbish. Why am I talking this rubbish? And he'll put a finger on something in your heart that needs to change. Amen? And remember, I'm speaking to myself tonight, guys. If you can't control the tongue, you can control what is in your heart. Have you ever found yourself being in church, having an amazing time worshipping God, then listening to the message and you find yourself being judgmental of what that person has said? Where you have this moment where you're praising God and then probably half an hour to an hour later, you're speaking cynicism and you're speaking the wrong thing. I know I have. Because there was a time this year where there was one small little thing that happened between Graham and Cassie where he just said one thing and it was just a normal thing that an employer would say. And he said it to Cassie. He just wanted to change her hours. That's all it was. Like He was just like, oh, we might just shift things around here. That's all it was. And then Cassie came to me, just venting to me. And that was okay. But then I started, because I've never been in a marriage relationship before, I started taking that on. I started being like, yeah, that Graham, I don't know. I, oh. And every time Graham would do something, I'd be like, oh, why is he doing it like that? I don't know why he's doing it like that. Oh, Graham, I don't know. I mean, I love him, like he's awesome, yeah, but oh, that Graham. And, and what I realized is that over this month, they can die, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, there's my words again, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> Um, over this period of a month, I began to realize that I had something in my heart. And it started with something small, and in my heart and in my mind, I'd made it into something huge. I'd been like, Graham's the worst boss in the world, and these were the thoughts I was thinking. But Graham's an awesome boss. He's an incredible boss. He does so much for Cassie. It's an incredible working relationship they have. And I had to check my heart. And so I went to this conference, and I said to God, hey, God, I know I've got this thing in my heart. I've got this anger, cynicism, whatever it is towards Graham, and it's wrong. I need to cut it out right now, but I can't do it alone. So I said to God, you've got to do something in me to change my heart. And in that, the second night, I think, of worship, I was in there, and I was just bawling my eyes out, and God was just dealing with that thing in my heart. Yeah, because God's the one that does it. He's the one that changes everything. It's not about what we do. It's about what God can do in us. Amen? These notes. I really should just use a computer or an iPad or something. I should take a note from Graham's book. He uses an iPad. Julie noted. Um, But yeah, it shows your words will show a heart attitude that needs to be shifted. Because our tongue just repeats what is already in our hearts. You can't tame your tongue sometimes, but you can ask God.
to change your heart. Amen. That's awesome. And so that's the third point. You got to take your, what was it? The first one? Wishes, your words, and your wellspring to God. And the fourth thing is you got to learn wisdom from God. Yeah. Ouch indeed. So James 3 verses 13 to 18, it says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up with the truth. Don't cover up the truth with uh, boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So that's the full chapter of James. But that little passage there is basically what your heart should and shouldn't look like. So what it shouldn't look like is it shouldn't be jealous. It shouldn't be selfish. It shouldn't be boasting. It shouldn't be lying. It shouldn't be divisive. And it also shouldn't show favoritism. That's what your heart shouldn't do. But what it should look like is pure, peace-loving, gentle, humble, merciful, overflowing with good deeds, and sincere. What I, what I love about that is that there's six bad things and seven good things. I was just like, oh, that's a, that's a nice little touch, God, you know? Just like overwhelming the bad with the good. I'm getting good ref- reflexes tonight, like, wow. <laughs> but we're about to pray and, and the team can come up to play some awesome stuff behind me. But I just want to bring a couple of things that you might want prayer for tonight. You might want God to bless or change your wishes. You might be someone who has this desire, this um, thing that you want, thing that you need, thing, uh, even if it's like a, a search for significance, even if it's a, something just in, in, that you want or need. God's going to change that tonight. God's going to allow you to come to the altar and put that thing in his prayer room and say, God, I give it to you. And, and I want to temper what I have in my heart with your wisdom and your grace. You also might be here tonight and you need to start injecting faith into your words. Your words are powerful, as I said, but God wants to break the power of those words that you've been speaking tonight. So you might be sitting here tonight and thinking, yeah, look, I, I, my words are showing me something that I, I've been unfaithful to God in my words because I don't have any faith in them. And, I, and God's going to shift your words to say 
faith things and say, yes, I believe it. Yes, it's going to happen. And the song that we sung tonight, you know, I'm waiting, but I believe and I know and I trust in your goodness. That's, that's exactly what God's going to do for you tonight. And lastly, maybe you're like me. Maybe you have just one little thing, one little piece of poo that's in your heart. That's causing your words to start saying and spewing violence, cynicism, whatever. You have this one little piece in your heart. And God, you're just going to surrender that tonight to God and give it to Him. Because He can change your heart. So tonight, why don't we all stand up and we're going to worship. And if you would like prayer for any of those things, we've got plenty of the team here that are willing to pray for you. So you can come forward and we'll pray for you at the front. But if you don't want to come forward, why don't you just have a moment in worship and just let Him change your heart, change your words, change your wishes and show you true wisdom tonight. Amen.